Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today. With Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Good morning and welcome to the Yoga Hour, a time to open our hearts and minds to the infinite. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien while she's away. And today, I'll be sharing some insights and time-tested practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga. Yoga is a Sanskrit word that is familiar to many, if not most people today, but when people hear the word yoga, especially in the United States, they think of it in a very narrow fashion as just a perhaps a system of exercise or stretching, but the word yoga actually means oneness, union, or unity. And really is talking about how to bring together our attention and awareness with our essential spiritual nature to be restored to our original wholeness. Our topic today is creating meaningful connections that support our well-being. How can we create and nurture meaningful, mutually supportive, and conscious relationships? And how can we communicate in a compassion and genuine manner, genuine manner to broaden our humanity and really engage in the transformation in our lives that that makes possible? My guest today is Michael J. Gelb. Michael is a pioneer in the fields of creative thinking, embodied learning, and innovative leadership. He leads seminars for organizations like DuPont, Merck, Microsoft, and Nike. He's the author of 15 books, including How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci, Brain Power, and Innovate Like Edison. His latest book is called The Art of Connection. You can find out more about Michael at his website, michaelgelb.com, and it's michaelgelb.com. Welcome, Michael Gelb. I'm delighted that you could join me today on the Yoga Hour. Thank you so much. Great to be with you. 
So before we begin our dialogue about creating meaningful connections, let's begin with a moment of meditation, a yoga moment. Om. So let's take this moment to turn our attention within using a tool that is always with us, our breath. So let's start by taking a fully conscious breath, just noticing as we inhale and exhale. We observe our breath, not trying to change it, just noticing its natural flow. Cool air entering the nostrils, and warm air flowing out. In this moment, we can dive within, open our heart to the essence of our being. This one reality called by many names is the support and substance of all that is. Right where we are, right here and right now, this divine essence is present as you, as me, as everyone and everything. It's within us, between us and all around us. Just by being present now and noticing, we can rest in this essence of our being. We notice thoughts and feelings as they arise and as they pass away. We become aware of our essential nature beyond words and thoughts beyond all change, beyond sensation, pure existence being. We feel the peace that emanates from the essence of our being and allow it to pervade the mental field, the emotional nature, and the physical body. We abide in this peace and let it overflow as blessing for all beings everywhere. Once again, Michael Gelb, welcome to the Yoga Hour. I'm really delighted you could join me today. Thank you so much. That's just the most wonderful beginning to an hour conversation. <laughs> I've been on this, you know, I've been on a book tour. I've had 30 something interviews and conversations, and I'm always 
aiming to elevate people's consciousness and and get through the quick talk and fast mm-hmm. questioning and you only have three minutes and there's a commercial break so that's just the most <laughs> way to start we could possibly have thank you so much <laughs> well it really is about what you're talking about is is having a moment to connect you know at the beginning of of you know for our listeners listening for us you know this conversation it's just a, such a wonderful way to really bring ourselves fully present and uh, enable that you know connect with ourselves and then with others so so good i'm glad you enjoyed it yeah so um we're we're talking today about your new book the art of connection and i wanted to ask you what inspired you to write this book at this time well for many years i've been working with people to develop their skill in creative thinking and how to develop more innovative organizations how to generate new ideas how to make connections between those ideas, how to find solutions to important problems at every level of life. I always thought that was the single most important skill that any of us could learn is is how to think creatively and how to right. how to help other people think creatively. So I wrote a book called How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci. I wrote another one called Innovate Like Edison. I've worked with all kinds of individuals and organizations for many years on the application of creative and innovative thinking. But I've also spent time in these organizations coaching and consulting with leaders in terms of how to actually get these creative, innovative ideas to materialize. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because it turns out that it's relatively easy to generate creative ideas and innovative solutions. The most challenging part is the relationships, the alignment, overcoming conflict, getting people to to buy in to change. Mm-hmm. And that's the art of connection. That's the relationship building skills that I've I've written about in the book, not to mention that it also turns out that connecting and building positive relationships is the number one secret of happiness, health, longevity. Mm. And all this is more urgent and important now than ever before because our nervous systems, our brains, our attention are being hijacked by electronic media and Kids are growing up now learning their conversation skills from Siri and Alexa. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great image. Absolutely. Um, so I uh, am a physician and I worked the last several years of my career in quality improvement, actually. And so I'm so familiar with what you're describing about how um, it isn't that difficult to get ideas about how to make things better. I mean, that's what I was doing with, in the organization where I worked. Um, but it was it was potentially difficult to to um, bring them to reality, exactly as you're saying. So I love this idea that uh, the secret sauce, so to speak, is the connection, is connection and yes. building our ability to connect um, and having that bring forth the energy that can transform then 
whatever, you know, whatever the subject is. So, um, maybe we should stop for a second and just say, uh, connection. So you, you called the book The Art of Connection. So how do you define connection? And again, we've already sort of begun to talk about it, but why is it important? Well, Robert Waldinger did, who's also a Zen priest, by the way, mm-hmm. is now the current director of one of the longest running social psychology studies ever. It's up in Massachusetts. They started with over 700 young men. Half were Harvard undergraduates and the other half were from Roxbury, lower socioeconomic group. And they followed them through the course of their lives and they're now following their children and, and the study continues into third, fourth generation. And they asked them when they were young, what what do you think will make you happy? What's the secret of life? And they all said success in terms of a high position, prestige, lots of money, and lots of things, which is probably what you'd imagine that 18, 19, 20-year-olds might might say. But as they followed them, and of course they interviewed them extensively and tested them on all sorts of parameters every year, they found that the only real correlate of their happiness was a sense of connectedness with others. So what, what, how do we define connectedness? Uh, it's, it's rapport, it's empathy, it's love. It is, it is when the separate, this, the illusion of the separate self disappears and we mm-hmm. love and can, and we're connected to others. It's, uh, you know, it's right. funny. That sounds like something you might, that might happen in a, in a profound invocation at the beginning of a yoga hour or in a real yoga <laughs> class, but it's right. actually everyday experience for everyone uh, mm-hmm. that, that we, we have these little moments where we get out of our own blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And, we, we just smile at somebody or they smile at us or you look at a child's smiling face or, or you feel someone else's sadness. Uh, it can be just – what's wonderful is it's even these fleeting moments. Uh, you know, I write in the book, I tell the story of I'm, 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 I'm checking out of the grocery store mm-hmm. and I have my items, my artichoke hearts and my pecorino cheese <laughs> – and you know, all Yum. My, yeah. <laughs> and you know my cremini mushrooms and garlic and I'm moving it all along and you know you get to that moment with the the cashier where they they look at you when it's your turn and they usually say how are you today did you find everything you needed something like that right and so I'm ready for that moment and no look from from the cashier mm. no acknowledgement and he looks he looks kind of unhappy like boy this this guy's having a, a really bad day and it's amazing how much happens in a nanosecond because i'm reading all this i'm noticing my own feeling of 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 alienation mm. and disconnection and at the same all this is happening at the same nanosecond I actually have this thought, because this is when I was writing the book. I think, wow, I'm writing this book called The Art of Connection. How can I connect with this guy who looks like he's having a really rough day? (laughs) And then also at the exact same moment, I see that they have, you know, these impulse items that they have at the, uh, at the checkout area. 
Yeah. Which was just like at the last second, you say, oh, throw that in there and you buy it. So what they had was it's a snack bar. I'm not making this up. It's made of something like bison, cranberry, and some other stuff that just mm-hmm. seemed to be unappetizing to say. <laughs> so, right. So I looked at that and I looked at the guy and it just was this moment of, of sort of taking a risk to say something to him. But I just, I just, look, you know, I just said to him, I pointed to the to the bison bar and I said, "Do people really buy this?" And then I and I said to him, "Have you ever tried it?" And he's still he's still in this hunkered down state, but he does he, he responds. He and first he says he says, "Well, it doesn't actually taste that bad." But then he looks me in the eyes and he says, "But the texture is disgusting." And he he cracks up, I crack up, and yeah. <laughs> You know, and as I, I write in 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 the book, it's I don't know. I hope it made a, a positive difference in his day, but right. it, I went. You know, I just and I'm you know now we know that the oxytocin is flowing and and your your right. immune system is strengthened and all this wonderful uh, transformation takes place in that nanosecond where you feel your common humanity. Now humor is one of the sweetest and one of my favorite ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. But we just in our world today, we want to have as many approaches or, or windows or ways in or uh, how to cultivate our receptivity to being fully present with other people right. because we're constantly being encouraged to disconnect right. both our devices and through the increasingly transactional nature of our world. Mm-hmm. So I I was going when you were talking about the you know the connection and how in the the study that you mentioned it's really you know the thing that is most associated with happiness of course from a yoga perspective you know that that is the way that yoga describes the world you know as I talked about in the meditation you know that that really it is all one we really are you know all one all manifestations of the same you know power presence and and there is really only one of it and we are it um and uh yogacharya o'brien has a way of, a beautiful way of of just um uh synopsizing it so you know uh, it is one we are it we forget and we remember you know, so um, it sounds like you had a moment of remembering, you know, that oneness. You had that, you know, beautiful interaction with this person. And as you said, you hope, you know, that it makes a difference. But uh, and then from a uh, from a physician, my physician's uh, standpoint, I also look at that. And, you know, as you mentioned, it actually does have a huge impact. Connection has a huge impact on even our lifespans. You know, people who are, you know, connected um, live longer than people who aren't. And so I share your concern about, you know, what's happening with, with, um, you know, for example, connecting with people on things like Facebook. What's interesting to me is, is you are kind of connected. Um, in that, for example, I know this person has, you know, she's, uh, in Italy and she's publishing pictures or so I know that more than I used to know, I know that she's in Italy, but it feel, it, there's a hollowness to it too. It's not true connection. And yet it's addictive, right? It's addictive. It draws our attention in this way that we are investing energy in something that is not true connection. It's like we're longing for that connection, but this is not fulfilling that true need, Um, although it appears 
perhaps. You know, that well, it that's, is. That's so, right. So, it's so seductive. Right. It's, it's like looking at pictures of nature rather than walking out in nature. <laughs> it's, right. It's great to text somebody. I love media. I love contemporary media. It's an amazing blessing, but it's also right. tremendously dangerous. And it requires a lot of consciousness and intentionality to use it so it doesn't use you and overtake your brain and your nervous system. Yes. And 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 coming back to to the the experience of unity and how it's both a and it's it's actually wonderful that it is it is the real secret of enlightenment of awakening that's what awakening that's what we are awakening to that's mm-hmm. the practice of yoga uh, yogananda i quoted him in the book right he says, it says the realization of god's presence in oneself and every other living being mm-hmm. so this I just say what's wonderful is usually what I have to do. I work in lots of corporate settings, and in the art of connection, I wove in this 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 understanding in a subtle way, uh, aiming to just lead lead readers to contemplate how shifting their their sense of separate. I, you know, we we all we all grew up thinking that there's 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 one world and there's lots of different consciousnesses. Mm. Uh, uh, but what if there's one consciousness right. and many different refractions of the world? So right. this book is actually predicated uh, on on the notion that there's that we really are one. No kidding, and and so then. What are the implications of that for how we communicate? Hmm. What are the implications of that for how we build relationships, for how we deal with conflict, for how we uh, deepen our listening skill, for how we learn to give and receive feedback? So, because, you know, people, people, if you you think you may think you've evolved spiritually, and then maybe you went to Thanksgiving with your family, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, right? Or, or you're going to go, to, you know, the holiday party's coming up, and you're going to we'll find out just how evolved you are spiritually because you can hold these right. notions and go to your class and do your meditation. Uh, uh, how do you bridge the gap between? That understanding, which which is it's so wonderful because we live at a time where more people are attuned to this awakening than ever before in human history. I mean, this is, this is it's truly you know, democratized. I mean, sixty years ago, seventy years ago, if you wanted to know some of what we're just talking about, what you started this program with, you'd have to climb a mountain for in India and and go and learn to speak. Uh, Hindi or Urdu or Pali or Sanskrit, and you probably wouldn't have gotten the real deal anyway. Uh, it was like a cartoon in the New Yorker. And now, <laughs> right. and now, this universal wisdom is is available in an unprecedented way. Right. Yet the challenge remains, perhaps even greater. Okay, how do you integrate that understanding with 
your everyday relationships. Absolutely, with with your life, really. And that is the the key question, I think, for people who are really practicing yoga, who are on the yoga path, is how do I bring these... um, experiences that I have, experiences of that oneness consciousness that I have in meditation, how do I live from that? Um, how, you know, how, uh, what are the nuts and bolts, like you were saying, of, of relationships, um, which is perhaps one of the benefits of being a lay person on a spiritual path is that um, we do have relationships and we do have that mirror, as you were saying, Thanksgiving or, you know, any intimate relationship that we have and we can... Um, <laughs> We can see almost every day, you know, how really, you know, really how we're doing uh, from a spiritual perspective. And it's uh, certainly humbling. It's a good, it's a good, um, <laughs> it's a good source of our humility practice, right? See, but that's why, that's why the first principle in the book is embrace humility. That is the first of the relationship building principles that every leader needs now and when i talk about leader it's not just in a business it's not just in a formal organization leadership is based on the notion that all of us affect everything much more than we're aware of even our slightest uh, response to a cashier and the cashier's response to us ripples out Uh, so to be more conscious and be more responsible about what we are rippling out what we are sharing with the world but it begin it begins with with humility if you think if you think you are a good listener most people think they're good drivers for example most people <laughs> really think they are above average driving uh, i think the, though, the the percent in the united states that think they're above average drivers is like something like 80% right it's it's it, <laughs> and and yet the percentage of people who think that everybody else is a terrible driver, and it's the same thing with listening. Most people think they're good listeners, even though they think most other people aren't. And obviously, that can't be true with either driving or listening, and it isn't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, Michael, unbelievably, we're already we've come to the time for the first break, but we'll come back to humility and some of the other things you were just mentioning. You're listening to The Yoga Hour with our guest, Michael J. Galb, an author and public speaker specializing in creativity and innovations. He consults with many large companies, including Microsoft, DuPont, and Nike, and you can find out more about his work at the website michaelgelb.com. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at yogahour at unity.fm. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya. Wouldn't you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. Someone once said there are two ways to get to the top of an oak tree. Climb the tree or plant an acorn and wait. If we expect changes to happen in our lives, we may want to consider climbing. Plus, changes needn't be monumental. Sometimes it's as easy as an attitude shift. Life is what we bring to it. 
Do you have a job that seems less than exciting? When you walk through the door, bring joy with you. Life looks better when viewed through a positive attitude. Are you facing a health challenge or surgery? Get rid of your fears by focusing instead on spirit working in and through you. When you remember that with God all things are possible, your outlook cannot help but change. Today, wherever you go, whatever you face, do so with joyous expectations. Release your inner splendor and allow the light and love of God to guide your way. This mindful moment is brought to you by Daily Word magazine. Finding time for the positive reminders in Daily Word is easy with the digital edition, perfect for smartphones and readers on the go. Give it a test run with our 30-day free trial offer. Learn more at unityonlineradio.org slash dailyword. What got you started on your spiritual path? Minister and radio host Paul John Roach says his path began when he heard George Harrison of the Beatles talking about Hindu philosophy and meditation. Paul John writes about it in the current edition of Unity Magazine. And don't miss the interview with Eben Alexander, the neurologist whose near-death experience led him to write Proof of Heaven. It's all in the September-October edition of Unity Magazine. Go to unity.org and click on Publications. What if you could start each day with a positive outlook, remembering you are a divine expression of God? Daily Word is a booklet of daily devotionals offering positivity that's downright contagious. With a print subscription or by email, you can pause to reflect on how to practice spirituality in your human experience. Reading Daily Word takes about a minute a day, so you can feel uplifted every morning. Visit dailyword.com to subscribe. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to The Yoga Hour. Welcome back to The Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for The Yoga Hour's regular host, Yogacharya O'Brien, and joined today by Michael J. Gelb, and discussing his new book today, The Art of Connection. Um so, Michael, the full title of your book is Art of Connection, Seven Relationship Building Skills Every Le- Leader Needs to Know Now. So, we're going to focus on the second part of the program on those essential skills for building deep connections. Um, you quote in the book, the Dalai Lama, when he said, my religion is kindness, and use him as an example of the value of, of positive human connectedness. Um, one of the eight limbs of yoga is called the restraints, or yamas, the Sanskrit word is yamas. Um, Yogacharya O'Brien calls them the five keys to happy relationships, and the first of those keys is harmlessness, or ahimsa. The kindness that you describe and that the Dalai Lama practices is one form of harmlessness, which arises from the recognition of this interconnectedness or oneness that we have been discussing, uh, Yogacharya said, says that kindness is the way we enter the family of all beings. It shows it is how we truly experience belonging. So this kindness is, um, you know, is something, um, you know, that seems to me to be a key, you know, piece. Um, and then you, we were just mentioning uh, before the break, humility. Um, and 
to me, embracing this idea of humility has a direct connection to harmlessness and kindness. So let's talk a little bit more about humility. Um, how do you define it and why is it important to our development of connections with each other? Well, one of my personal mottos is if you're not humble, then you haven't been paying attention. Mm, right. <laughs> <laughs> And and it's it's the same root as humanity. Yeah. It's the reason it comes first is that it is the inspiration for curiosity and for openness and for receptivity, which make possible connection with others, which make others feel more open and receptive and and willing to connect with you. So, and it's, and it's, it's, and it's really, it's not just uh, something to urge people. Yes. One ought to be humble. I I really mean it that if, if, if you're not humble, you're not paying attention in terms of just everyday communication. One of the exercises I've been doing with classes around the world for many years is I give I give them a word and I ask them to write down the first 10 words they think of related to that word. Mm-hmm. And then we put them in groups of four and we have them share their words and we ask them to make a note of how many times all four of them had the same word in common, how many times all th- uh, three of them had them in common and how many times a pair of them had the same word. And what right. people are amazed to discover is they have almost nothing in common at all. Wow. And and so suddenly it shifts them into a, a a recognition, an epiphany. They say, oh, my God, it's amazing. We we were able to communicate at all. And then they, they say, well, yeah, you know, I realized that many times this week I had misunderstandings with other people because I just assumed that they understood what I meant. But now I see that it's more likely that they will misunderstand it. And I thought I understood what they meant, but later they came back to me and said, no, what I really meant was, gee, so maybe I should be a little more curious and a little more humble about my basic everyday communication. So leaving aside for a moment the, the, the profound spiritual understanding here, just in practical everyday terms, do not assume that you know what somebody else is trying to say be more curious and don't right. just assume that they understood what you're trying to say be more curious be more receptive ask follow-up questions and then then we have a beginning then we have hope to translate this deeper understanding of humility and connectedness and oneness into our everyday interactions Absolutely. And that brings us to something that I was hoping to get to in the conversation. Uh, One of the chapters that you have is Achieve the Three Liberations. And I thought they were all great. But let's start with the second one, Freedom from Taking Things Personally. Which I, I think, well, first of all, yoga is all about liberation, you know, so that's one of the reasons I was really drawn to this chapter. But um, let's, can you say more about, you know, freedom from taking things personally? So, you know, what, I mean, it, it seems to me that it's related to something you just mentioned, which is being triggered into curiosity instead of yeah. being triggered into a reaction. So, can yes. you say more about that? Well, it, it, you know, it's just, it is about that freedom. It is about that freedom. What, 
it's it's wonderful getting to talk with you in this context of a yogic understanding because everything here is all, all about freedom if you're not inwardly free if you identify if you attach with the reactivity of the moment you're you're in a world of pain you're in a world of suffering uh, both for yourself and for other people you know, my my first rule of conflict management is don't make it worse but if you take it personally you probably will make it worse right both for yourself in that moment and then for the other person mm-hmm. and 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 i i learn all this and continue to work on all this from a very personal perspective. My my character type, personality type, takes everything personally. <laughs> I'm from New Jersey. <laughs> You're talking to me? <laughs> that's you got a problem? Right. Yeah, that's right. I joke around that I went to high school and people used to say to me, hey, you got a problem? And I think that's, that may be you know, why I got interested in problem solving because <laughs> – <laughs> so, that's great so, and no, wait, but, but say a little bit more about that because you talk about this a little bit in the book about you know because because i mean every everyone takes things personally obviously yes. i mean it is just how you know we're triggered and yeah. i can tell how uh how uh kind of devoted I've been to my meditation practice when I'm in this situation because when I'm meditating more regularly and I um, I am in that um, that witness consciousness where I can watch myself I can watch it start to happen then yes. that's great because then I can catch it but oftentimes if I haven't been as good at my meditation practice, as regular at my meditation practice, um, then I'm caught in it. I'm just caught, I'm just gone. So, and you talk about that moment, you know, and yes. kind of how you how you talk yourself through that. So, can you can you say more about sure. that for us? Sure, sure. And and you're, you're if if your nervous system is hijacked in the moment, if it's an amygdala uh, alarm bell going off. You're going to just have to do the debrief later. Uh, although we, I try to, I try to share, I try to share uh, some methodologies drawn from many different traditions that I use myself and that I've taught to others for many years for how to recover quickly. So if you lose it, how do you recover quickly? And a lot of this is, it is retraining your nervous system to, to avoid the fight flight response in the face of hearing something that you don't like something that annoys you uh, somebody you know we talk, we we use the words we say they got on my nerves they push my buttons uh, whatever uh, vernacular you want to use for it we're all familiar with this and that's that is the critical moment where we want to be able to be free i mean it's easy to be free relatively speaking on your yoga cushion with a wonderful blessed uh, being of light guiding you through magical fabulous practice in a gorgeous setting so on okay uh, uh, then when you are dealing with somebody who gets on your nerves who pushes your buttons who's your boss or a coworker uh, or a relative or, or a spouse or whoever it happens to be uh, can you in that critical moment there's, there's a lot you know we all need all the help we can get so right and yet we all do really need a daily practice and 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 
I share some of them, some of the ones that I recommend in the book. But just leaving that aside, if you can just remember this question in the moment, uh, it's the question I found to be most helpful that I asked myself. I remember to ask, how would I respond to this if I didn't take it personally? Mm. And oh, what? All of a sudden, I have access. My brain is not hijacked if I can remember right. to ask that question. So leaving aside uh, retraining the nervous system so that it, it it's you can recover your center more quickly. So uh, just that question alone is 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 a path is an open door to to freedom and uh, and options. Yeah. So you you actually touched on uh, one of the other ones, one of the other three liberations, uh, freedom from like and dislike, um, yes. which is huge. You know, in in uh, in yoga to in yoga philosophy, there's actually a um, you know a Sanskrit name for this part of our personality, the ego, the I maker, ahamkara. Um, you know, which is uh, basically you know the likes and dislikes. It's you know it's all made up of our likes and dislikes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's part it's part of um, how consciousness you know comes through into the world in all of us, and yet we've probably experienced times when we are when we are not um we realize we're not free because of those likes and dislikes so can you say more about that about how this is a liberation to be free of likes and dislikes well just if you think about it evolutionarily we're we're hardwired to look at everything from whether we like it or not based on do we think it's good for our survival and for our self-aggrandizement or not so that is a default setting of our lower consciousness and it's useful in order to survive right so so that's why it i don't know anyone who has eliminated that and i don't i it's not what i counsel it's just learning to observe it and be free from it so that your choices and your responses are dictated and this is even more important if you're in any kind of leadership position or if you're your parent, you have to think about what is best for the, the, the highest good of all the stakeholders involved in what, whether it's a family situation uh, or an organizational situation. You, you know, you're called upon to operate from a higher principle and a higher objective and not just your own self-aggrandizement. Right. And yet we live at a time where we're being driven more than ever to just press on the thumbs up or the thumbs down button on every single site. How That's many right. likes are, is our program going to get? I mean, come on, it's That's so right. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, no, no, I enjoyed the tie-in with that. You know, the 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 you know hitting that like. You know that like button. Now there's choices. Now, of course, you can hit the like or you can hit the heart. You know, or there's these right, other thumbs right. up. You I know? heart everything. I heart everything. <laughs> <laughs> Unconditionally. All beings included forever. Yeah. So we talked yeah. about two of the of the three liberations. So we should probably th- finish the trio. So the third liberation yes. you talk about is freedom from blaming and complaining, which yes. I think is such a great, you know, such a great, a great topic, a great thing to think about. So again, can you just... Talk a little bit more about that and how does freedom from blaming and complaining, how does that help us make these deep connections more easily? Well, it's, it's another, it's a pseudo connection form. People 
somehow think that they'll bond with others by complaining together. That's right. So and we call it commiserating, which literally translates as being miserable together. <laughs> right. So if you'd like to get together and lower your immune system and lower other people's immune systems <laughs> right. and, and feel like a victim and lose your sense of empowerment and intentionality uh, and connection to higher wisdom, spend a lot of time complaining. <laughs> right. All right. And, 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 and I'm not going to complain about people complaining. <laughs> <laughs> but I am going to laugh about it because we all get caught in this. We all get caught up. This is all part of the dance. It's all part of the uh, Maya. And some parts of it are more amusing than others. So when, what, what's so beautiful, when you wake up in the flow of any of this, learning to wake up with self-compassion, with self-empathy, with light-heartedness, with playfulness and 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 then and what freedom then you know the ha ha and the aha to me are always first cousins right oh, that's a that's a great saying yeah yeah um so uh one of the other distinctions that you make in the book that i think is very very helpful is uh about the difference between making uh, a uh, an observation versus a judgment or evaluation. Yeah. And in the second chapter of the Yoga Sutras, Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, which is one of the key yoga texts, um, it talks about how both uh, attachment and aversions can be obstacles to spiritual growth that need to be, you know, that need to be worked through. Um, and one of the yoga principles, um, one of the niyamas is um, cultivating, well, cultivating contentment. Um, and another one is, is um, uh, actually it's a yama, but uh, um, um, dispassionate non-attachment, which sounds cold. And it isn't really, it's hard. There's not really a great English word, you know, for it, but it really is remaining trying to remain in that witness consciousness you know and sort of watching uh as things uh develop and not being attached to a certain outcome so when when you were talking about this difference between uh judgment and observation those were the things that were on my mind but but let's talk about that a little bit so you 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 give some examples in the book and you talk about uh observation versus judgment so yes. run through that for us sure well it's 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 how freedom from like and dislike plays out in relationships. So, very simply, most people don't react well if you speak to them in an evaluative fashion, especially if they perceive that evaluative comment to be negative. Whereas if you're interacting with someone and you lay out an observation of what you see has happened without adding any evaluation to it, it's a lot easier to get a fundamental agreement and a connection from the beginning. And this is all, this is based, the person who evolved this, the, uh, from whom I was inspired to put the particular exercise that I have in the book around this, 
I want to give full uh, credit to Marshall Rosenberg and his marvelous work in nonviolent communication. Communication, yeah. I, I even have there's a, a, a practice section in the book called Learn Martial Arts, which is my <laughs> play on words based on Marshall's uh, insights here. Right. But, right. but if we can, once we, you know, I was and I was with a group of uh, leaders yesterday from a company that takes toxins out of buildings and, and, and sites. They're an vi- environmental cleanup firm. And, and one of their leaders is, is an expert in getting asbestos out of the building. And he's one of these guys. He's so technically brilliant. Uh, but for as, as, as brilliant as he is on the technical side, they've sent him for a lot of remedial coaching because <laughs> right. he, and what, what, yeah, he really, other people have a very hard time dealing with him, even they know how brilliant it is, because he yells at them and tells them they're idiots. I mean, people don't like that. That's a very evaluative <laughs> right. thing to say. <laughs> right, right. And and I was, I was trying to get through to him about coaching him. If he could just say, share his observation right. and leave out the evaluation. Because the truth is, he, he this guy's, he's usually right. But he, he's just grown up because this is how people talk to him. So how is anybody supposed to know better? How are you supposed right. to learn this unless, and this is like learning a new language, really. This, right. It's like learning French uh, and getting the accent right. To take evaluation, to take judgment uh, out of language which doesn't mean you're not allowed to make evaluations it doesn't mean you're right. not allowed to make opinions of course you are just be conscious when you're doing it and recognize that you're going to get much more rapport and connection with other people if you can learn to lay out the facts and, and get agreement on what they are as a starting point in almost any kind of of, of challenging dialogue Right. And and what is so interesting, I think, is it is very challenging for people to tell the difference between a fact and a judgment. Like even something so simple, you know, for example, it's hot outside today. Well, it's hot, you know, I mean, what the 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 uh, judgment is it's hot, right? And what what is hot to one person, like, for example, for me, living in San Diego, what is hot to me is probably different from an Eskimo, (laughs) you know, living where it's very cold, you know, Um, but the but the observation is the actual, you know, temperature that you can't argue about. So, you know, for example, it's 78 degrees. Or 82 degrees, you know, that's, that is an observation. But the judgment is it's hot, it's cold, you know, and as you're saying, it's, um, a lot of our, of our experience of different interactions is we are triggered into judgments which seem like they're observations, right? Yes. And this is the thing is people will say just in the same way you might say it's hot or it's cold, people will also say, so and so in that department is lazy, mm-hmm, right? And 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 they don't recognize that they they not only that they made a judgment, but how are we going to respond to the situation with so and so? And what are we really what are we really talking about? What are the underlying what's the underlying observation? It might be that so and so arrived at work 
one hour after the designated time, three days in a row, and left early uh, at such and such a time, two days last week. Right, right. So, so then, then we're then okay. Now, now we've laid out the observation. We can begin to consider. You know, the first question that comes up is, "Gee, I wonder what's going on with so and so." I can, I can, I have a right. chance to respond compassionately here. Right, and be triggered into curiosity. And Michael, I can't believe it, but we're actually almost done <laughs> with our conversation. We've only got about another minute uh, for you. And I was wondering if there was something, if there is one um, bit of encouragement or inspiration that you'd like to leave with our listeners. Um, and then um, I do want to mention the, um, you know, after you do that, I do want to mention your upcoming workshops. So. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, uh, one takeaway. I made a Latin motto for it. Conjungere ad salvendum. It means connect before solving. Connect Lovely. before solving. And it sounds so official in Latin. <laughs> well, that's why we always, I, I want to come up with the, the, the Latin for mottos sound better in Latin. That's right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> well, Michael Gelb, this has just been a delight. It's, I can't believe how the hour has flown by. I did want to mention uh, that you do have a couple of upcoming um, programs here. Uh, well, in the uh, in California, uh, so you're going to be at the 1440 Multiversity at the beginning of January, and that course is going to be around um, how to think like. Um, I'm sorry, I'm blanking. Leonardo, how to think like yeah, Leonardo. Think Leonardo. Exactly. I was going to say Edison, but I knew that was wrong. <laughs> that was your other book. Um, so that's going to be around uh, creativity. And then the second one is going to be at Esalen at just, again, in early January. And that is going to be about this book that we've been talking about, about um, the art of connection. So for listeners, please uh, check out those uh, websites for 1440 and for um, – and for Esalen to follow up if you'd like to um, have more of an experience with Michael. You've been listening to the Yoga Hour. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien, and we've been discussing creating meaningful connections that support our well-being with special guest Michael J. Gelb. And as we've mentioned, he's uh, the author of many books. His latest book that, that we've been talking about today is The Art of Connection, you can find out more about Michael at his website, michaelgelb.com. Um, join me next week when our guest will be Baxter Bell as we discuss how yoga supports us in aging with strength and grace. The Yoga Hour is a service project of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, a meditation center in the Kriya Yoga tradition with online programs and programs at World Headquarters in San Jose, California. For more information about the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, visit csecenter.org. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour podcast at iTunes or Stitcher. And if you're enjoying the programs, share it with a friend. Thank you to the Yoga Hour team, regular host, founder, and director of the Yoga Hour, Yogacharya O'Brien, assistant producers Anne Hayes and Sean Smith, and as always, Jeff Comfort in the sound booth at unity.fm. I look forward 
to being with you again when Yogacharya O'Brien is away. Until then, remember, you carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all you meet. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. moment we live can be holy and all we need to do to experience that state is to make the decision to do so everything we do can be a prayer and by using our innate creativity with intention in every aspect of our lives that can indeed be true author Carla Kincannon wrote creativity is so much more than art making It is a tool for navigating through everyday experiences to find the sacred in each God-given moment. Discover Creative Spirit, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time, and experience the joy of connecting to spirit through creative expression. Life is a balancing act with hectic schedules and ceaseless demands on our time and attention. We've learned to prioritize. So often, though, I neglect to make time for what is most important. In our drive to get things done, there is an underlying desire, a need we all share, the need for peace. It is a gift that waits within me, ready to be enjoyed if I will simply allow myself the opportunity to connect. Inner peace lessens the everyday stresses of life and reminds me that how I am, the mental and spiritual point from which I view myself, is as important as what I do. I can make peace a priority. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org. What if you were intentional about your life, committed to having more energy and being more vibrant? Join Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. 
joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. 